Hey guys, welcome back to Tea and Teachings. I am Jess Tarunin, your host, and today's episode four is an interview with the ever amazing Anna Richards. She is honestly one of the most inspirational and sparkly people I have ever met in my life, and this interview is certainly worth the listen. So stay tuned. Let's chat to Anna. Today, I have a very special guest, and her name is Anna, Anna Richards. You may have seen her on Instagram, and we will give uh, all the details for how to get in contact with her and how to follow her later. But first of all, Anna, I think, um, I think we should explain how this interview came about because it's actually quite funny. <laughs> yeah. So um, I moved to the Gold Coast two and a half years ago and I didn't really have any friends. So I started networking because I was like, look, I need to meet people, right? And I attended my first networking event, which was the launch party of the Gold Coast Girls in Business, right? And I literally knew no one, but I actually made some, some of my best friends that I still have, I made at that day and you were speaking there. So I had never heard of you before. I'd never seen you. Um, and actually I won best dressed on that day. Oh, yes. Uh, you were in a pink, in a pink? It was yellow, bright yellow. It was like yellow pink. Yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah. Well, there you go. So we crossed paths on that day unknowingly. And from then I started following you. So I've been following you since then. And I've been intrigued and inspired by you ever since because you're such a delight online. And obviously meeting you today, I can see that you're exactly like that in real life, <laughs> as well, which is amazing. But um, why don't you tell the story about how we connected on Instagram? Because I actually think this is so funny. Oh, I don't, because I'm like, wait, my, my, most recent recollection of this by the way i loved that day and it's yes. so funny because that's it's the exact same story for me just so you know so i actually moved oh, to really? the Gold Coast a few years ago okay, okay. and same exact situation i knew no one i mean we've got we had some people that we knew through network marketing but i we were like we, we wanted to start afresh and so i too joined gold coast girls in business which is what, what, what that launch party was um to get to know to network and make friends and find an eyebrow lady and a hairdresser and it's Mm -hmm. exactly what i did um but my recollection and this is probably wrong on instagram is no this is this is exactly how how we um, it's the same story it's when you reached out about not wanting to know something no you have to tell it i'm gonna get it wrong swear to god So you posted on Instagram on your stories that you were looking for someone to tell you what was the meaning of the saying happy as Larry, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So so you, so you posted and you were like, look, I always say this saying happy as Larry. I don't know where it came from. Can someone please tell me where it came from? Now I just to like put this story into perspective, right? I never listen to the radio. Like I'm always either listening to playlists on Spotify or self-development. I never, ever, ever listen to the radio. But that day I had to go to Apple to get my phone fixed and they ended up replacing it for me. So I didn't, I wasn't able to connect my phone to my car because it it hadn't actually rebooted yet. So I was forced to listen to the radio and even my kids were complaining about it. But it was just a talkback radio show and they were talking about the meanings of sayings and they actually were talking about this saying, happy as Larry. So they had said, you know, what it was all about and I won't get into that, but 
So I actually had the answer for you for the first time. I knew. That's right. So I remember, yes, that's because I was like, there's so many conversations over there. But I remember, and I thought that was so odd and beautiful and divinely inspired, as I always it say, was. because was. I had literally put it up. And people, like, everyone was like, I just Googled. I'm like, yeah, but do you know how much more fun it is to ask randoms on the internet? 100%. <laughs> like, I'm like, why would I Google when you can put something on Instagram or Facebook and, and exactly. get delightful responses? But you had come back and you said, this is so crazy yep. i was listening to the radio and they actually explained the story and here it is and i was like get the hell out of town i know it was crazy because like i said i don't even listen to the radio so it was just this one day that i was accidentally forced to listen to the radio <laughs> and i was just like what and then i replied to you and i was like i actually literally had you on my list of people that i needed to email that night so i couldn't believe it when you replied and i was like well while i've got you i need to yeah. ask you like, can you come here on my podcast? Are. So here we are. It. That's how today came about. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's, I feel like that's a really good, funny story for us. Divinely inspired, I say. Definitely. Divine timing, all about it. So Anna, you're a woman of many talents. Can you tell us exactly what you do? Oh, what do I do? Do you know what? I always say, I don't like titles. I'm a life enthusiast. I love that. And you are a life enthusiast. I am a liver of life. No, so, but I am. That is exactly what I am. It's my guiding joy and, and I just look for delight and follow what feels good. However, where that has led me and where it leads me is into business. And so at its core, I'm an entrepreneur. My bread and butter, as I explained, it has been network marketing for the last almost eight years now in a health and wellness company. Um, but I'm also just about to launch my own company, uh, which is an online self-love school, which I'm so excited about. So at, at its core, I am truly a woman that just follows what feels good and mm -hmm. businesswoman. I adore, I am network marketers loudest ambassador, which is, can be quite triggering for some people because yeah. they've got a story about it or I like and, everyone and, has a story. <laughs> yeah. And, and I always say, and do you know what? It's true. Like whatever their, their story is, it's their genuine experience and it's, right. it's the truth. But my own in, in my own company, how I found that, what I've done with it, what, how I've been able to change my life, impact people's lives is, um, life-changing so yeah i'm it's loudest ambassador always will be forever in a day um there are some idiots in my profession but there's idiots in every profession <laughs> we give it a bad there's name some in mine too. there's some in mine too so yes exactly exactly so I'll, I'll always um point to the elephant in the room but i yeah at its core i'm an entrepreneur i love business i've always loved business yep. i'm all I, I was always looking for business i started my first business when i was 18 Wow. Online dating website for 18 to 30 year olds. No way. Yeah, people don't know this story. Yeah, it was, no, it was I don't know on. this story. So can you fill us in on that? Because that's that's amazing. Well, absolutely. So when I was 18, I worked in an accounting firm mm -hmm. and I was a front desk girl. So I was, started as a junior receptionist, kind of finished as more than an office manager. I basically was accounting without the accounting degree. Um, but I would stick the rich men and it was all men, um, tax returns. So I would always get all the tax returns on my desk and I'd have to like stick the stickers of like sign here. Mm -hmm. And I got to learn that on the back page, it was people's income. Right. And money was <laughs> like money was sexy, but also taboo to me. So I used to flip right. boom, all the tax returns would land on my desk and I'd flip straight to the back and see profit. And I learned how to, I taught myself how to read profit and loss because I always wanted to know how much money they meant. Right. And I got to know sort of 
companies and businesses and the men behind them. And I used to say to my boss, oh my God, how did this guy make, you know, $2 million, $10 million, $500,000, $1 million. Wow. And he used to say, well, well, ask them. Why don't you ask them? Which wow. was the greatest gift on planet earth. And so I started to, and because, you know, always, as long as you've got a beautiful intention, I always think you can get away with a lot. <laughs> that, but no, I, I like that because I feel like we're always told that you don't talk to people about their income. Absolutely. You don't talk about where they get their money or how they make their money. And it becomes this really taboo subject that everyone's scared to talk about. So I like that. I like that you jump yeah. right in. And I always say, I mean, I was just at a sort of, I was at a photo shoot, which turned into this brilliant genius mastermind on Friday. And I, same thing. I just ask a lot of questions mm. because I've got pure loving intentions. And I always say, if you don't want to answer them, don't answer them, but I'm an open book. So ask yep. away. But so I used to say to them, you know, how, and I used to say to my boss, I remember going, well, they're employees because often the company's employees would also come to this firm and you know, I'd stick the employees tax returns and I was an 18 year old on 20 grand. So I knew what I earned. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to be earning 20 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand, 60 grand, 70 grand. I want to be earning 1 million, 5 million, well, not any mil, but like, you know, I'm like, okay, well the difference in the gap is that you have to own the company, not work for the company. Right. And so I'd ask them and I remember so many, many of them became my mentors. Some of them are still in my life today. Those guys, wow. those men, those amazing men. And and two things were born at that firm. Number one, I was identified that not there wasn't a lot of women in business in that world for me, high level income women earners. And I wanted to change that. I was like, this isn't right. And number two, I real and they they coached that, you know, one, I remember one guy, he owned like it was a carpet firm, but like the biggest one in Australia. And he used to say, You've just got to find what you love, like icky guy, basically. Find what you love. Yeah. Yeah. find the gap in the market and kind of find the in-between. And so I was 18. I was see, I was having sex with my then, my then weekend guy. That's now my husband. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so I, can I, that. Move the puzzles together. <laughs> I was the weekend thang, boo thang. Love that. Love that. So single ish and um, not, not official. <laughs> and I, gotta start somewhere. Yeah, I was like, I would, but that was what frustrated me, right? That was the gap in the market. I was like, right. well, I want to date. I want to be taken on dates. I don't want to just be a boothang forever. And I, and I hear you, sister. I'm, I'm in that right now. So I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Honey, let's get to a, like a date. So, and, and it's so funny because a, a soup, an accidental superpower has has incidentally kind of been that I have always picked up on trend. And you look at, so this is before Tinder, Right. Bumble, whatever, all the other apps. And this, I was in, this is 14 years ago. I was 18. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, so I wrote a business plan. I was like, okay, I was working full time. I was just about to enter university for business. So I worked full time and studied, got my a degree full time. Yep. Um, but I wrote a business plan. I Googled how to do it. Cause I said, well, what do I do? And they said, well, write a business plan. So I was like, well, how do I do that? And they're like, well, Google it, like learn. This is, you know, diamonds are made in the fire, get to work. It takes work. And so I Googled, I went to the library, I borrowed a book, I learned how to write a business plan, which is so simple, right? But, and I wrote a business plan, took it to the bank and got a business loan for $10,000. Now you have to remember my income was $20,000. Yes, that's big. Deal. I took a loan out for 50% of my entire income, which was, I mean, the risk of that is huge. It is. And yeah. they believed in me, the bank manager believed in me from my, my business plan. He was like, this is gonna work, like this is gonna work. 
Fun fact, it didn't. Oh, no. Um, because, well, no, and this is the thing. Right? I mean, I work full-time, so I paid it off and, and all the things, and it was amazing. It was a huge um, online dating platform and you had your own login it was like any today Mm -hmm. um but I wasn't passionate about it and I always say it was my it was my apprenticeship to entrepreneurship right and I think I dissolved it when I was 21 I think maybe 21 um and then got into politics I got poached across from that firm into federal politics that's a whole other story yes Um, I want to get into that <laughs> and then I worked. I worked in federal politics for four years, but in in Parliament House with a federal member of Parliament. And but business was always my passion, and right. I was, and you know, constantly looking at it, reading legislation. I just love business. It's always been in me, and it was spurred on from growing up with like no money, mm. in poverty, staying stuck in a domestic violence situation with my you know mum and, and siblings with my stepfather, and so knowing that it's bullshit that money doesn't buy you happiness. Money buys you freedom. Money buys you memories. Money buys you breath. Money buys you safety. So I wanted that. And then that gift of that job where I used to stick tax returns, I was like, well, an employee salary. And I was on six figures by the time I was 22. Mm. So I was like, you know, going places, federal um, work for a federal member of parliament, all the things, but I was like, it's not enough. I still want business. And so when network marketing fell on my lap at 25, it was just like the heavens opened. I was like, well, hang on a minute. Because I, I remember I was 18. I took a loan, 50% of my income, took a lot of risk. It was fucking hard. And I was like, here's a business model for me. It's absolutely not for everybody. And it's not. Uh, products might be, but the, the business model, no. And yeah, I, I was like, but the heavens opened for me. And I went, this is genius. And you know, applied myself like a proper entrepreneur would, mm-hmm. you know, got to work, had a desk, came home, worked on the business like it was a business, respected it like a business and yeah, replaced my income very fast and grew that. And I mean, that was, I had my first million in network marketing within five years, which, wow, yeah. I mean, some people do it even faster, which is phenomenal to me, but I traveled the world that whole time. We've, we've visited 35 countries I've been married in that time. So yeah, I've had a fun life. And I believe you work alongside your darling husband, don't you, Morgan? He's also hilarious. So um, currently downstairs. Oh, bless. (laughs) So when did Morgan come into the business with you or did he start with you? No, he hated it. He thought I joined a happy cult pyramid scheme. And was like, you are so respected and you've built this reputation and how could you, be, how could you bring this shame upon us? Um, and I didn't get it. I'd, I'd never heard of network marketing. I'd never heard the word pyramid scheme. And so as, an, as a woman who valued education, I always have. I, you know, again, being brought up with nothing though, mm. I went away and looked at it. And I, I looked into what both things were. And I remember walking out of my little office and I'm like, because he was like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, you're the idiot. This is what a pyramid scheme is, which is completely legal, blah, 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 blah. And I said, and this is network marketing of the highest paid profession in the world. So mm-hmm. jokes on you. I just joined the highest paid profession in the world. And so he was like, that's okay, but I want nothing to do with it, but I'm going to support you unequivocally. And he did. Um, and I tell you like the stories are hilarious because I was earning six figures within six months. Wow. Uh, which is class. That's not typical or normal in network marketing. It's not, but it's possible because it's my story, right? So I'm not going right. to tell the truth on my story. Yes. So 
problem right people kind of promise you that and it's bs like you've got to work hard you have to have a network all the things so that's my story though and i was earning six figures i'd already won like free trip to vegas i'd taken him i'd paid for him with my money and he was still like it's just a cute hobby like (laughs) this man was the hardest dude to crack but it was when it was two things. Number one, he listened to, I took him to an event. He supported me in that way because I was winning an award. So he came along and um, he, he, he saw a man on stage that was talking about, you know, time versus effort and, and, and how this is really about skills. And he was like, oh, well, if it's a practical business where you apply skills, then this is a real thing. So there was that. But then he saw how much our team were winning. And he was blown away. He couldn't believe that. I remember I had a, a, an event at the house and all these women, friends and people came along, strangers, but they were all talking to me and he'd snuck off. He didn't want to be in the room. He was in his man cave <laughs> and he was listening and I didn't know. And he heard story, you know, the girl saying, you know, Anna, thank you so much. I, my marriage is saved or um, did you know I've just lost 20 kilos and was telling the stories and they left. And he said, have you helped all those girls? Is that, are they here because of you? And I said, yeah. And he was like, shit, babe, I think that this is something. Like, you've, you've, you're doing really amazing. And so, yeah. So, and it was at month, I mean, he could have left within 12 months, his corporate career, but I loved he didn't. And it's something I'm a big ambassador of today. Being financially secure and knowing that your oxygen mask is on before you just, like, quit everything and, right. you know, pursue anything full-time. But, yeah, so he left his corporate career because I th- I'd replaced both of our incomes times four at that point. Wow. And wow. I was like, you really don't have to work if you don't want to. Like, you can come into this and kind of find your groove. And that was that was six years ago now. So Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Because yeah. I, too, have an experience with network marketing that wasn't overly positive. So and I was like, a good one or a bad one? No, it was a bad one. I mean, it wasn't It wasn't negative. I, I used it as a learning curve more than anything. But... Um, I think, I think sometimes um, people are burned by these businesses because like you said, it's not for everyone. It's not, it's really not. Um, But yeah, I I don't, I don't necessarily have a a bad word to say. It's just that I don't think it worked for me and maybe it was the wrong type of network marketing. Maybe it was my own skills that, you know, I couldn't bring to the table, but you know, it's really positive to hear such a really amazing experience with network marketing because I do feel like it gets slammed a lot. So it, it is um, nice. I feel like it's a bit of a, I feel like network marketing, it goes through seasons. That's why I look does, at it. Doesn't it? Like, and at the moment it's a th- it's a season of thirst traps on Instagram. I just think like right. every, anyone who's anyone's putting a podcast out at the moment, to, but it's a thirst trap because they know it's, it's a trigger. They'll get the comments. They'll, they'll get right. the, the algorithm hack that it's true. I'm sorry, but it's you look, they'll do it. I watch it. I hear it. It's like, they'll do it because it, it triggers people. And, and I'm always like, if network marketers just shut up and stayed in their own lane and just didn't defend because they trusted their product and profession, right. you will never see me comment on any of that. Cause I'm like, well, I know what I love and who I am and you, cool. Put and I'm, I'm not going to lie as an observer of you, you have never, you've never been that pushy network marketer that um, you know, you, you know, as far as I'm aware, you're not in people's DMs, unsolicited messages. Like, I think that's what people are burned by is that really crazy network mark. And I think that starts right at the bottom, but it's just like, 
yeah i think it starts do you know what i sorry this is turned into a network marketing podcast but oh, I think I'm, I'm okay with this. i think it starts at the bottom and the top i always say to people if you because someone said you know i that's the thing that frustrates me so i always say i came into network marketing saw all the good and that's what allowed me to thrive and i myself allowed me to thrive but i've seen all the bad the good the bad and the ugly and i would say something that really puts most women off is what I hate about my own profession, which is the sleazy, slimy, scammy DMs. Um, 100%. And that, but, and that starts at the bottom. Yes. But I always say, yeah, but look at it's that their coach is training them on that. Right. That's right. Yeah. So I'm like, we got to, I'm, that's why I like to talk to the high level girls and be like, look, we've, you've, there's my husband. There's Morgan. (laughs) 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 Oh, he's with me. (laughs) He's just looking for our fair child. Who's at my feet. Um, but yeah, you've got to start at the top as well. And I, if I, I mean, if, if, if you're an network marketer and you're listening, my big thing is, you know, training your women better. But I'm all about attraction marketing in right. any business. Right. You think about Lorna Jane, she's not sending messages. She That's puts right. her product out. They show up as I say the pillar of possibility. This is any mm-hmm. business. And if people align, have at it mess then they're going to go to lorna jane and buy the tights or they're going to message you and go well what is this smoothie or yes what is this cleanse and right yeah no that makes perfect sense to me and i think that's a much nicer approach i do i do (laughs) okay so as we know you have a very strong presence online and you're a very passionate woman you're a very positive woman which i love Um, But during COVID and around election time, you've been posting a lot about politics and Australian people's rights. So I understand, as you mentioned before, that you have a background in politics. I want to know a little bit more about that. So how exactly did you get in? What does it mean to you? You know, that kind of thing. And why did you get out? Yeah, this is a big conversation. It's so funny and it's all linked, right? So first of all, it's, it's funny because, I mean, I probably trained it as well I have trained I know I've trained it on stage like you know when you're building a brand and a business stay away from politics and religion right and then 2020 happened <laughs> I was just like all fucking rules are off. everything's out the window like, during COVID let's be honest 100 percent. it was like you got to know who you are and you got to speak up when it feels right for you yeah and but that I for think, me I think like you when you're talking about attraction marketing I think your people will come to you so no matter what you're saying online you like not everyone is your person right 100 well if you're talking you to everybody you're talking to nobody that's it yeah. you got to speak your truth I'm all about speaking your truth absolutely and so on that I uh yeah so I spent four years in federal parliament and I loved it and my gift was my naivety in that I didn't into it I wasn't I hadn't pursued it. Um, I, I wasn't brought up in it or with it. And so when I got poached across, I said to my boss, like I, at the time, I was like, well, I don't, I mean, I, I ideologically aligned to him and his values and his, um, he's just his heart, to be honest. So there was that. But I remember saying, I know nothing. Like I am not the woman for this job. I mean, I'm as useless as a, you know, a spare dick at a wedding, essentially. Like I, <laughs> I oh am gosh, I've not. never heard that before. That's so good. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you can have that I'm one. I'm going to take that one. Thank you. Yeah. Love that. Write it down. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I'm just not it. Like, I'm, I'm going to fail you. And he was like, no, that's the point. This is why you're here because right. you can develop, like, you've got to learn. You don't come in with this preconceived, rah, and, and it was my gift. And so I learned like a 
year 10 essentially, but better than that because I was in it. And so I had to teach myself and that was his thing. He didn't teach me. I had to teach myself. I had to call, you know, the parliamentary library and I had to call the clerk's office and I had to look up, you know, learn how to read the website for goodness sake. Like, and people that were in there, that was just like basic. I was a dumbass, but it was like, no, this is my gift. And so from that space, I taught myself and did exceedingly well and absolutely thrived and loved politics but I didn't mean to get into it. So I got in because I got poached. So I would say rule number one, if you're looking for advice on this is social capital. So your relationships in your life are as important as financial capital, as important. Like social capital is number one. So network well. It is totally. really your- not what you know, but who you know. Who you know. And number two is, I don't know where I was going with that one. But number two is, oh, no, so why did I get out? So how did I get in? I got poached, so social capital. Why I got out is because I didn't, I never meant to be in there. So there was a couple of things. Number one, always trust your gut. So I'm very intuitive. Mm -hmm. And I always talk about this, but not enough. But there was a a man that started in the office and there was something off about him. And Mm -hmm. I said from day one, I said, there's something not right, not, not bad, not sexually or anything like that. But I was like, there's, there's something off with him, DJ. And we had such a phenomenal relationship. And he's like, no, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. And it got to the point where it became like energetically untenable for me. I was like, something's going on. I used to stay back late because I didn't trust him and just so many things. And at the same time, so I'd spent four years, I did all the parliamentary sittings and I was sitting in parliament. This was the night I quit. Cause I used to say to my boss, he used to be like, you have to be here forever. Like you can, I just love working with you. And I used to say, no, I'll leave when it stops being shiny for me. Cause mm-hmm. I am optimistic. I'm very hopeful. And I like to know I'm making an impact. Right. And so I said, I'm going to leave when it stops being shiny. And I don't, the shine's gone. And then the day that happened, we were in parliament house and Bells had been ringing all day. So bells ringing is a division and a division is a vote is required. So all, so if, so you look up at the clocks, the bells are ringing. Green means house of reps, so lower house. So you've got to, I was a house of reps, so kick your boss off to the chamber. And red on the clocks means Senate, so upper house. This is in federal. And the bells in the Senate had been ringing nonstop all day. And it was about four or five o'clock at night. And in Parliament, your office is with your boss. It's huge. It's beautiful. It's like your boss has that office there and there's a door and ours was always open. And then you're, you've got a huge office as a staffer, like next to your boss. So the door's open, the bells are ringing. And I, and I, I was like, I'm sick of this. Why the, what the hell is going on? Like, why will the bells not stop ringing? How much legislation do they have to vote on? And he said, well, don't you know, like it's, it's Thursday and we fly home on Thursday, which I knew. And he said, they just don't want to stay back this week. They, they're, just, they're just pushing the legislation through just to get it through so they can go home and they don't have to extend their sitting. And I was like, but Dennis, they've read this legislation, haven't they? They know what they're voting on, don't they? And he cackled. I'll never forget. He's a beautiful man. And he just like cackled and he said, God, Anna, even four years in, you're still that naive. And I was like, and I wasn't mad at him. I was pissed at them. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. They, that's law. So once it passes through Senate, that's law. And mm-hmm. I was like, they are voting on things that, t- yes, okay, so the, the whip's office, so like the boss of kind of all the politicians, they mm-hmm. would have agreed to vote on it. So the party heads. But I was like, but still, as an individual senator in that house, how do you know what you're voting on? How, how do you know that you really fundamentally believe in that? How do you know your constituents believe in that, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I was, I remember, I said, I could, and I was like, I was like, where are the media? This should be on Channel 7 News. I was like mad, like frenetic. And he was laughing. I was like, oh, your heart's still so big. And I said, I quit. That's it. I quit. I'm done. I was like, I, you cannot. I, I quit. This is absolutely fucked. And he thought I was kidding. We flew home. And the next day I handed him my resignation. He had a six hour crisis meeting with me. He was like, you cannot quit. And I said, no, I'm done. I'm, I quit. I'm done. Like this is, and funnily enough, and I was like, and also fuck that guy in the office. I'm telling you something's going to come out of, about him. Months later, it turned out also that he was a rat. So he had been placed in there as a rat and he had been wow. stealing information and I freaking knew. And so it was kind wow. of this just like, it was time to go, Anna, like yes. survivor, let, yes. let out. Yes. And, but beautifully at the same, you know, I'd been building network marketing, um, had grown my income. So yeah, it was this beautiful crescendo of it was my time. I lost faith in the system momentarily and had, you know, was growing my network marketing business, which was beautiful and abundant at that point. So yeah. And then, and I've never looked back, but right. Where then this whole passion of, of speaking up, I left, I was 25, mm -hmm. um, 21 to 25. And then I spoke up this year. So I was 32. So seven years, I didn't speak. Wow. Um, I left politics. And I always say, you can take the girl out of politics, but you can't take politics out of the girl. And I mean, my friends knew I was the political girl. I could chat to anyone. I still network with all of them. I have some of my best friends are still staffers for ministers. And, but I just shut up. And then 2020 happened and it was actually the bushfires. That's when it all started when the bushfires are raging. And I just saw I'd never in my, I mean, I'm only 32, but in my life seen a nation so engaged and mad, but I, I, I felt like they were so mad just at Scott Morrison, which is fair. I always say feelings are fair. So it was fair, but I was like, but if you're mad, let's fucking do something about it. And this right. is exactly right. what you can do. Emotions so are great, I, but if you're not taking action, you know. Then whatever, exactly. exactly. And so I hit record. And I've done that a couple of times. I did it for the gay marriage plebiscite or same-sex marriage plebiscite. Um, I've done it for a few things, but a lot of a lot around same-sex. And, you know, they never kind of kicked off because people don't – they care, but at the time it's, it's a mobilisation of everybody. And at that time I didn't realise how helpful it would be, but I hit record. It was about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Um went live on Facebook, shared it across to Instagram, left my phone at home, went for a walk with Morgs and Zussi mm -hmm. and I came home and it had just, I mean, within half an hour, it was viral wow. um, on both platforms. And I'd written a letter and everything. Like I, I was like, here's, here's, if yes, you're pissed, I, I remember I it. It. here's yeah. a letter. And so, yeah. And, and from that legislation was actually created, which is exactly what the letter asked for, which was the wow. climate change act, which is literally getting presented to parliament, federal parliament now, like in the next week or so. Wow. It's huge. Like, I mean, that it's unbelievable. And then, and then since then, I, again, I didn't mean to speak up. It's not, it's not something that I pursue. It's not something that I like. It's, it, you know, I love politics, but again, then COVID hit. And again, I saw, just so much fear mongering and confusion. And I wanted to cut through it and say, well, you, you be confused and, and be by all means feeling all feelings are warranted, but here's what you can do about it. And so, and I mean, I, I said to Morgzi, I said, I mean, this mandated vax is 
sort of, I know, and I'm like, I don't want to touch it, but I just feel like there's again, some stuff that I need to look into before I even open my mouth. But right. just again, that I get sent hundreds of messages every week still saying, have you seen this? I'm so scared. I don't understand. So I think that's going to maybe be my next. Yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to say that COVID has been pretty fear mongering amongst Australian, you know, amongst the world. But, um, you know, I think we've been pretty blessed here in Australia, particularly in Queensland. Obviously, my heart goes out to our Melbourne friends. But um, yeah, but we um, have been pretty blessed, really. But it really has been we've been kept in the dark about a lot of things. So I've actually loved watching you talk about politics because I'm one of these people who knows nothing about politics and I almost feel um oh what's the word I guess I almost feel bad when it comes to election time because I really have tried to look into it and there's not a lot of information available so it's nice to be able to have someone like yourself that we can sort of turn to and um and see from the inside what it's all about so it's well I did so Queensland election was first I think Mel Melbourne's not for like till 2022 March, March, West Australia has their next state election. So what I just try and do now is, I mean, it's not my brand. It's not what I do. It's not what I'm paid on or anything like that. But I, I always will just now, because it's, I have the voice. I'm, I'm more than happy and, and um, humbled to use it. And like I did with the Queensland election, just share, you know, here's how to look for right. your electorate to look up your candidates. And then this, do go here, do this, etc. Because I used to, for 11 years, 2020 has like seen my vision. I mean, Morgs knows and my mum knows, but I used to pull my hair out just wanting to, I used to sit in, in Dennis's office, so in, in the federal, my boss basically's office and hear like the rage. So like the legislation will be going through, so it could be anything. So a big one at the time was livestock, right? So live export was a big one when I was in politics. Um, and I'd hear the rage, I'd see the rage, I'd hear my friends talk about it. I'm like, yeah, but I sit in that office and DJ's office is dead. So I'm like, he's going to parliament based off of no information that he can gather from the constituency. And it's not their job to actually go out and hear from them. It's right. your job as a constituent to make your views known to your, your federal and state elect. Mm. So that I to see that happen this year has just been literally soulfully fulfilling for me to see people understand oh my god I've got a voice and oh my thing, god it, I, I, it makes me actually mad about the education system because I feel like we're not taught enough about politics at school you know and I, I guess like even for me I've born and raised in Australia and really know nothing about politics and had no idea until I heard you speaking that we do have a voice and we do have an option to to voice our opinions on things and that it does help you know I think yeah, we sometimes real. think oh, who's going to listen to me? Like, what's my letter going to do? How is it going to make any difference? But it actually does. And, uh, you know, I literally had no idea until I heard you talking about it. So Very thank cool. you for that. It's amazing. <laughs> so um, it's good. It's great. So you're a very sparkly person. I love that you said you like shiny things because you yourself are a very shiny person. And like I said, although you don't know me very well, I've been following you for a couple of years now and you're exactly the same in real life as you are on Instagram, <laughs> which is such a lovely quality because I feel like you just never know these days. Oh, um, you don't? No, you never know. You know, I've definitely met some people that I've seen online and I'm like, wow, you are nothing like how you portray yourself. So it's refreshing to see you exactly the same as you are online. But 
it seems like you're always shiny and you're always sparkly. And I want to know what keeps you motivated and what keeps you lit up and like what puts that fire in your belly that you just keep going and going. And do you have days where you feel not like that? Yeah. Okay. Beautiful question. I think this is such a serving question. So yes. So I know women, like my default is joy (laughs) and my default is enthusiasm and passion. And that's taken, I mean, I've been on a self-love journey for 10 years now and that's kind of the work that I'm stepping into now, but because it's so, it's being demanded from me, this, this question, like how, how is this your truth all the time? I feel like you would probably get this question a lot, but yeah, yeah, that's why I wanted to touch on it. I love it. And, and I want, and, and I've said it right just before with the feelings when people were mad at Scott Morrison. And I, I will always say all feelings want to be felt. All feelings are warranted. So if people, if you're listening to this, um, you know, if you're feeling um, not even depressed, depression or sadness or anguish or frustration or overwhelm, that's true for you. And that's right. okay. There's nothing bad or right about wrong or wrong or right about feelings all feelings are, are true so but i'm i work hard that my default yes is joy and passion and enthusiasm so and how did you I've, get to that point like was that yeah. always your default or is that something you've learned over the years fuck no so <laughs> i i'm here shiny today because of a rock bottom right. which was 10 years ago um, so it has really been a decade now, but I was 22 years of age. I was self-medicating on ecstasy, lots of ecstasy on a weekend, uh, lots of alcohol, super toxically. So not like, you know, French champagne with the sunset. It was like, let me drink and numb my emotions every single night. Right. Um, I was like toxic relationship with food, toxic relationship with my then boyfriend, now husband. Um, <laughs> I went from like Boothang to weekend thang to girlfriend thing, to wife thing. Love that. Um, Love that upgrade. Love that upgrade. Yeah, 15 years we've been together. Um, Super toxic relationship with him, which I was just angry and I was the problem. It wasn't him. Um, Toxic relationship with friends. Like I was just, I hated myself. That is how I can articulate it today. So all my decisions from that space and place of the food I ate, the the way I didn't respect my body, the way I disassociated from my body, my feelings that I could not spiral up from, it was just a constant spiral down, crescended into a a, a debilitating anxiety um, prognosis Mm -hmm. or diagnosis. Uh, and in the medical clinic, when I'd have this huge panic attack at that accounting firm, I got rushed to the, um, a medical clinic doctors put me on oxygen and they were like oh you know you're having an asthma attack because i'd had it when i was younger right and hours later they came in and my i hadn't improved and they said oh my gosh you've got one of the worst cases of anxiety we've ever seen and you can you're wow. gonna have to stay here if we don't trust that you are safe to go home and basically not do anything stupid mm-hmm. um which i couldn't which i wouldn't have but i i you know i'd even cut myself younger like i was rock bottom mm. or we can give you these two types of medication someone can come and collect you and vouch and sign basically to say that they will be in your care and it was morgues um and so i took that option and rocking on the bed that night sobbing i said to, you know morgues is like what the fuck are you gonna do like where 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 have how far we have fallen basically Mm. um and i said well i hate myself and i'm choosing all of this because if i really looked at it through sobs and snot i hate myself 
And what if I just chose to love myself instead? Now that was wild because the thought of loving myself was just ridiculous. Like today it's like, I am so madly in love with myself, but it's like, yeah, I am. Someone asked me that day, what do you love about yourself? Everything. I love everything. And I'm proud of that. Um, but I hated myself so for over 10 years. And I remember saying, so I, Morgan goes, well, how do you, how are you going to do that? How, what, what is that? And I'm like, I've got no idea. And I remember being on the bed and saying, all I know is that runners and people that exercise never look sad. Like, and I was like, I make that's, and it sounds so dumb and simple. Like that's the level of like, comprehension I was starting at. So but I get it. Like, I've been a rock bottom too, so I get it. And yeah, it was nice these weird perceptions of happiness, you really do. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, that's, uh, you know, and so I say, this is where this whole ethos and ideology of my life came from. The next day I got up and I started to move like I loved myself. Mm-hmm. And that was just a walk. And then I started to feel really, I start, not really good, but I just started to feel better. And then weeks and weeks later, I started to go, okay, well then let's look at you know, we've got to stop this. And I always say there's no such thing as bad food, only bad habits. There's no food that I demonize. I eat it all still today, mm. but I just have better habits. And so I said, okay, well, let's now start to look like, eat like we love ourselves. And then that started. So that was then a, a tool belt in my, or a tool in my tool belt. Then right. it was, okay, let me start thinking like I love myself. But I wasn't ready. I couldn't have done that that night on at rock bottom. But little by little by little, day by day by day, I started to, I say, think, move, eat, speak, earn, um, and self-care like I love myself and developed this rock solid identity of self, essentially. So habits from identity-based out, not sort of outcome-based in, and created this self-love life where I always say, nobody touches me before I touch myself. You know, I went swimming in the ocean this morning had my smoothie, I've read my book, I've, I've done all the things, meditated. So this shiny, you know, explanation is sincere. That, that, yeah. that truth of how I show up online, how I show up offline, how I show up in a meeting, it's just, it's just who I am. But it's come from A, rock bottom, and B, over 10 years, developing that rock solid habit of thinking, moving, eating, speaking, earning, self-caring like I love myself. Yes. And I do think that it's for sure that journey and that 1% every day, just slowly growing, just that tiny little bit every single day. And it obviously leads to this amazingness that you are today, which is amazing. And that now leads me into asking you about this amazing project that you're launching. So I too come from the self-love space. I'm a self-love coach myself. So so I'm right on board with what you're doing. I think it's amazing. And actually, I'm pretty keen to maybe sign up myself. So I want to know what it is. What are you doing? Tell me everything. Okay. So amazing. So... 2020 happened. <laughs> I feel like it was just it a happened. year for everything. It happened. <laughs> and I only offered and only offer coaching via network marketing. So what I do, because my whole ethos still, and it still is, is that you give me a woman that can look after her health fundamentally and I'll give you a, a woman that's changed her life. Fact. So that, that's the only thing. But then t- this year happened and my following's grown and, and rec- you know, um, I don't know, profiles growing and, and so many women had, were asking me saying, it's not necessarily aligned for me, which I so get, yeah. um, but I want more, name your price and, you know, please do one-on-one coaching, which just is not, I live via my values, right? So my whole thing is 
I'll get to the question, but know your values, set your standards and then keep your boundaries, right? right. That's my life. And that's self-love yep. for me. So I was like, no. And one of my highest values is freedom, health, love, and freedom and integrity. So freedom to me is not one-on-one coaching because I love to travel. I love to go away. I love to do all these things. So I was like, no, but I had, it was actually, I need to tell her, but this is the truth. I had an amazing PhD psychologist woman come to me and basically was like, who's far more qualified and phenomenal than I and said, look, I need you as a coach. I want you as a coach, name your price. And I said, no, <laughs> still, I, I said, no. I, I think with coaching, I know myself, I can give other people the most incredible advice. And I can't tell you how many times my friends are like, can you please read your own fucking book? Like, honestly, yeah. like, they're like, seriously, like you have a book, you give people this amazing advice and yet you can't listen to it or take it yourself. And I'm like, it's so true. I think even the best coaches and the best, you know, psychologists and whatever, they need it too. They need it too. Because I think you, you never believe it fully when it comes from yourself. 100%. No, hundred, and that's why I've got mentors. I've got lots of mentors. I so get it. But she had come to me and, and I said, but why do you, what is it? What, because no, it's a no with love. Um, but because it's just not what I offer and it's not where I'm going, but why? And she said, because basically I, I just want to learn how to show up at the capacity that you do, you know, in my own way. And I said, well, I can tell you how I do that. Mm-hmm. I speak, eat, think, and blah, 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 self-care. Like I love myself. And she said, well, that's it. And I went, well, hang on. That's my passion. That, I mean, that is my soul's work. I mean, truly it's my soul's work. It took me from my rock bottom to, a ridiculous life I am so wildly proud of and you know unconditionally loving myself so I was like well there's something in that and I was like that's kind of this space that I want to enter and so I started to talk about it and Morgs went this is it baby I mean this is who you are this is the embodiment of everything that you are yeah do something like this don't talk about this so have good people around you that believe in you right and then I took it to my mentor and I sort of talked to her about it and she's like, this is it. you got to do it. And so I sat, I was like, well, let me just see. This is all only all real. It's super, it happened really quick. And I went, well, I want to host it on Kajabi. So I'm only going to do it if I find a Kajabi expert. And then it was like, ting, drop, here's the dream freaking woman. Divine so timing. Divine timing. Oh, divine everywhere. Yeah. Synchronicities. Yep. I love that. And then I went, well, I don't want it to touch or impact or affect my network marketing business and my coaching with those women that get it for free. Right. So I went, well, I'm going to go full immersion. And if I can't get it done in a week, this sounds wild. Like it's so big, this project, but I said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to commit to it. I did double the work, I packed my diary the week before, got everything done, did more than most people will probably do in a month and took a whole seven days out of, this is like two weeks ago, schedule out of my schedule mm-hmm. and went all in, full immersion into this thing. I was crying, I was writing this thing, molecularly being changed myself. I was like, fuck, this has wanted to come out of me for 10 years. I've, ne- I've needed to embody this message for 10 years. I truly right. believe this, to coach it. Um, and yeah, so outpoured this oh it's all out there but outpoured these you know eight it's an eight week online course with a soulful setup week and then think uh, teaching women how to week by week think like they love themselves move like they love themselves eat like they love themselves speak like they love themselves earn like they love themselves which is such a passion of mine and then self-care like they love themselves and then an integration week but within each of those weeks there's about three to four tasks where I teach them how to create an identity-based habit. 
Mm. And that's where I say women in the world go so wrong is that we want something. So we want to eat healthier. So the goal is what well, I want to eat healthier. So that's the goal. That's the outcome. Then the process of that is, okay, well, I'm going to do a healthy food shop. So you do a healthy food shop, say, but then a week, two weeks, three weeks in, it's like, oh, fuck it. I'm back to where I was before. I have no, but because you haven't changed the identity of who you are. Right. Are you a woman that identifies as being healthy or are you a woman trying to be healthy? Because right. there's such a vast energetic difference between Isn't those there? Two. Isn't there? Yeah. And so that's what I always say. I'm, I'm teaching women how to identify as a woman who truly loves herself. Not trying, not I want to, but a woman who identifies as that and then teaching right. her the habits, the, how to cultivate those habits, what they look like, and then loving on her. It's going to be a big sisterhood space as well. I um, love it. I love it. Yeah. That's um, so, beautiful. so that's it. So I'm super pumped. And it's a low to me. I mean, I told some friends and some people what it's what I'm charging and they've said I'm fucking crazy but I'm like well blessedly and phenomenally I earn what I earn in my bread and butter and this is about true impact this this for me now is like well yeah. no I want to like impact passion projects yeah yeah it's like I want to impact millions of women and to do that I'm gonna I'm it's not it's I love money and money loves me it's not about that but it's just like I this is now my this is how I'm going to impact millions of women. That's my, and that's always been my vision since for, for years and years, my vision has been to impact, to allow millions of women around the globe to thrive physically and financially. I love and it. so this, this is it. I love it. Well, put me at the top of the waiting list because I'm in. I'm You're in. on the list, baby. Yay. <laughs> I am in. So um, I just want to quickly touch on, uh, I've noticed that you've started competing as a triathlete this year. Can you quickly tell us about that? Why you did it? I know you only started during COVID. Um, why and how? And, you know, yeah, get into that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I love fitness. So it started for me 10 years ago. And that was literally the day after my rock bottom, moving like I love myself. And, and that's always been my ethos for 10 years. I've never moved to punish my body, only to nourish it. I revere and respect my body so much. I always follow what feels good. I don't move to look an aesthetic way. Right. Um, so I know when I started swimming for the triathlon, I had so many women beautifully, you know, hearts in the right place say to me, aren't you scared you're going to get big shoulders? And I was like, fuck, I didn't even think, no. Like, I don't even care. But it is the thing, right? Swimming get big shoulders. So I was like, oh, I'd love big shoulders. Um, but I, I moved to nourish my body and to respect and revere. I always say we are made of the same cosmic stardust, sincerely atoms and cells as the universe itself that is us in human motion so for me it was like okay well what's the next thing and so i i'd been thinking about it for about six months and my whole thing is always if it won't leave you alone do it follow what feels good and i was walking past our gym pool and i just it was like and i stopped dicking around like are you gonna do this i'm not this is back in feb and i went i'm gonna do it and so i hadn't swum a lap in 20 years i'm not i wasn't a good runner i'm certainly <laughs> that shit on the bike so nothing of it is is strong for me but i went home i looked up a, a triathlon and there was one 33 days away oh my and god i went i'm doing it and it was a sprint it was a super sprint so 450 meter swim 15k bike uh 4k run and i went i can do that right because i'm fit i'm good with weights and stuff so i was like i can do it so i registered and the next day right book it go i got in the pool almost died almost drowned after 25 meters um but i got in that pool every single day i love myself enough i respected my body enough to get in that pool every single day and it felt phenomenal and so 
little by little by little, day by day by day, I've increased, you know, 1%, gotten better 1%. And now I'm in the ocean twice a week, loving it. Um, and yeah, I, I've just did my third try a couple of weeks ago and placed third for I'm my age group. Which was, and I probably would never do that. If you're listening and you're then going to follow me, I'm probably never going to place again. So <laughs> I've congratulations. Got, uh, Take it while you got it. Take it while you got it. Exactly. But I, um, I've got another try this weekend, another one following, and then I'm, I've just registered for a half Ironman next June. So My it's God. just, it's just, it's, it's, I feel great. And it's, it was the next thing. For, I love challenges. I think life begins out of the end of your comfort zone and, right. you know, in following what feels good it's 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 a challenge mentally physically oh my god but it feels so good for me and it was kind of the next frontier of fitness with mm-hmm. in respecting and revering my body in a way that feels good but moving like i love myself well this was it for me so amazing amazing i'm out here we come i love it so i've got three more questions for you so tell me if you could go back to your 18 year old self and tell her anything, what would you, what would you, what would it be? Trust yourself, baby girl. I would just say, yeah, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that. I just, I didn't, I didn't trust myself at all. I didn't trust my gut and my gut is my, all of our women, we, we are sacral beings. Like we are, Yes. Powerhouses with this. So it'd be trust yourself because I knew, I knew what I was doing. I mean, I was a toxic 18 year old. I was probably at my worst 18. So trust yourself Mm -hmm. because I knew what I was doing was hurting me. And I knew disassociating from my body and, you know, all the things was bad for me. It just, Mm -hmm. I didn't trust myself enough to look within, to know that I could, you know, say no, quit, Mm -hmm. cut friends off, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So powerful. So powerful. I love that. Okay. If you could step into my shoes, what would you ask yourself that I haven't asked you? Ooh, nothing. Okay. Right. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. And last question, where can my listeners find you online? I hang out the most on Instagram for sure. So it's all, yeah, come find me, Anna Rose Richards. And I love it. Everyone's like, is your name Anna Rose? No, Anna Richards was taken. So ah, well, my go. middle name's in there as well. So that's how, yeah. So I'm Anna Rose underscore Richards. I'm, that's where I hang out. So you'll learn anything and everything I do. If, you, if you're interested in like all oh, that network marketing thing, which is so rare, but if it's that, you'll learn about it there. So Look, love school, you'll Anna, learn about you're, it there. You're very multifaceted. I can promise my listeners that following Anna is not a disappointment in any way, whether you're into <laughs> network marketing or not, she has amazing things to talk about and she's super inspiring and motivating every day to watch so i can assure you she's definitely worth a follow (laughs) thank you darling my pleasure and thank you so much for coming on i appreciate you so much and honestly you have an amazing story so i hope everyone gets a good glimpse into your life um but yeah thank you honestly you're amazing love you thank you so much for having me on and yeah if you're listening just trust yourself you know exactly what you're meant to be doing you know what you're where you're blocking yourself in your life you know where you're sabotaging yourself in your life you know where your dreams are you just have to trust yourself enough to take the next step 100 percent well guys that was episode four i hope you enjoyed listening to this interview with anna richards don't forget to head over to her instagram and follow her at anna rose underscore richards and you can follow myself at jester on instagram as well 
Stay tuned for next episode. I hope you enjoyed this one and have a lovely, lovely week. Thank you for listening. Bye.